God's word is his weapon for revival and transformation of lives for his glory. Prepare your heart as you receive the word of God coming to you from Calvary Way Revival Labors. For inquiries and counsel, you can send an email to calvarywayrevivallabors at gmail.com or call 08065607999. God bless you as you listen and obey. Our gracious Father, we thank you for an opportunity to hear you speak to us, to address us as your sons, and to bring us to your cause. We ask, Father, that you speak to us in the name of Jesus. Let the sick among us be healed. Let every pain in our bodies be gone in the name of Jesus. Thank you because you have heard us. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Please be seated. I want to thank God for the privilege to be here. Our daddy, we all know, traveled to Lagos for MLDT at the West, Western region. And I'm privileged to be here to stand in his very big shoe. So I just pray that your heart will be here as God speaks to us in Jesus' name. Okay. We've been looking on fruitfulness, fruitfulness all this while. And today we are going to be practical. Our topic says practical ways of bearing fruit. Can we say it together? Practical ways. Can we look at Matthew chapter 9 from verse 35? Matthew chapter 9 from verse 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Praise God. Uh, from where we read, especially verse 35, you will discover that the Bible brought to our notice how fruitful our Lord Jesus is, or rather was, while he was here on earth. The Bible says he went through how many villages? How many cities? All. And he had just one business, preaching the gospel of of God, the the gospel of the kingdom. And you know, he's not just a one-sided preacher like some of us are, where they don't have interest as regard the demonstration of God's power. No, not with Jesus. Sometimes he would just come to a meeting like this, and 
you may think that the first thing he would do is to say, open to the book of Isaiah. All he would do is just to look around and say, hey, you there, stand up. And whatsoever infirmity, whatsoever pain, whatsoever trouble that the person comes with, at that very point in time, what happens to it? You remember that woman that came one day when Jesus was preaching? She had been in that situation for 18 good years. She had a hunchback for 18 good years. She happened to be a Christian because Jesus describing her said that she is the daughter of who? Of Abraham. So he said, daughter, arise. So he demonstrated power. He preached life. In some cases, it was recorded that as he speaks, the heart of man begins to burn. That's the, the, the Lord, Jesus. And if we are called to be his disciples, the expectation is that we shall do all things he did. We shall live his life the same way he lived it. That's what makes you a disciple of, of the Lord Jesus. Now, the interest here is that when he was doing that, you know, several miracles, several healings, he looked around as a man. Hope you know he was man, 100% human being. How many of us believe so when he was here on earth? Okay. So he felt this is not just one man's business. Imagine if everybody will have the same deposit of God, the same way Jesus had it. What do you think will happen to the entire world? Huh? Please, I want you to respond. I say it's a practical what? A, a practical class. So I may, uh, as time goes on, ask you to say one or two things. So imagine you are carrying the Lord. He's carrying the Lord. And the power of God is resident in you. Same with you. Just the two of you can turn the entire city of Enugu. That was what Jesus did. And we are actually praying that the Lord will bring each and every one of us to that very point. So looking around, he saw multitudes. He saw the crowd. And the Bible says he was moved with compassion. He saw them as people who were harassed. People who are troubled. People who were under satanic oppression. He saw people who were sick. And he wished in his heart that many more will join him in this business. You see, this is the same with us today. If you look around, you see people who are what? Fainted. People who are scattered abroad. How do I know? I know as we interact with people. I tell you the truth. You don't know what people are passing through. Until you come close to what? I was coming to a meeting last week. A lady, young lady ran to me and she said, excuse me. I was wondering what the matter is. She said, I've been a believer for ages, but I'm struggling with masturbation. Is that a matter? Is that a matter? Okay. And then you look around, several young people... Some are drug addicts. They don't just know how to come about it, how to come out of it. And then the worst case scenario is what we have in our time. We have several preachers. In fact, if you go to several cities, you discover that the number of churches we have is even more than, more than the number of people who are to attend. 
two of us. Eh? Uh-huh. Especially if you go to Portacot, from a street to street, you see what? A church. The same thing in Abuja. And people are carrying their problem year after year, looking for solution, nobody to give it to them. It's a serious matter to me when I went to Abuja. I traveled searching for a living church. For a living church. I will go to this church. No, I will just listen to the message. What brought me actually was actually the word of God. I will listen and no, nothing edifies. I run. I, went, I will go to another church. I went to almost five church. This time around, I'm not the denominational type. Are you getting me? What was I looking for, please? Where the word of God will be preached. So the Bible says where we read, they were scattered abroad as sheep, having what? That does not mean that they don't have shepherd. Are you getting me? But their shepherds no longer play their role. So at that point in time, what have they become? Huh? They are ass. It's a simile. That's the figure of speech used there. They have shepherd. But they don't get adequate feeding. They don't get it. And so year to year in our churches, that's what we see. They are only after your pockets. If you can sow a seed, if you can do this, nobody is concerned about what you are passing through. Nobody is concerned about your soul, the state of your soul. It's not a matter to most of these churches we have around. Sorry, I don't know if I'm the only one observing that. How many of us are witnesses to what I'm saying? So it's a matter when he looked at that. So he, he felt there should be people, there should be people who would join him in this level. People who are, who are passionate about soul. People who have the same vision, the same purpose he had. People who go after the laws, seeking them until they are found. People who, having passed through them, you come to knowing the road to heaven. That's the kind of people Jesus desired. And so you discover that at that time when Jesus made this statement, there were several preachers Several of them, several preachers going about yet not being able to meet the need of the masses. And so he said, pray for what? Laborers. Pray for laborers. And you see, eventually the disciples who prayed that prayer became an answer to the prayer they did what? So what Jesus is saying in that passage is this. People lack skill. They lack training. So, they cannot label. Before you can label according to pattern, you must be what? You must be trained. So, skilled laborers were lacking in his time. And so, he says, such are the men you need to pray the Father to send. As of, as of, as of people having need, people willing to hear the word of God, that's not the problem. See, there are several people who are willing to hear the correct gospel, but the problem is that it is scarce. Eh? And people are ready to go any length, provided their problem is what? It's solved. I watched on a clip last year crossover when they, they call it, uh, I don't know, Miracle uh, Buffin. 
you know, I don't know what they call it. I saw that and, you know, as a young lady, they will come, they will ask you to, they want to buff away poverty. Huh? Want to do what? You know, we can easily say these things, but the question is, what are you yourself doing? Can you ask your neighbor that question? What are you doing? Stop uh, gossiping. Stop spreading this kind of news that people are preaching the wrong gospel. Stop it. The best way to correct an error is to start preaching the truth. Do you get it? If you keep your mouth shut, what happens to error? Huh? It will keep spreading the more. And that is the truth. So it is a call to arise, to bear fruit. If you are not laboring with the Lord, you are not with him. If you are not gathering with him, according to the Lord Jesus, what did he say, please? You were scatterer. So let us arise. Now, you see, when I look at what it entails to labor over one single soul, you know my prayer point? Please, Lord, and that's the only prayer we're going to pray in this meeting. Please give me passion for soul. You cannot labor over any soul if you do not have passion over that soul. Actually, it takes passion to do what? Okay, we are going to be looking at scriptures so that we will understand what is expected of us. Can somebody read Proverbs chapter 12, verse 27? Proverbs chapter 12, verse 27. Are we in Proverbs chapter 12? Okay, the slothful man roasted not that which he took in hunting. But the substance of what, please? A diligent man is precious. You see, some people imagine a lot of nonsense things with their mind. But I think it is wonderful to imagine from the scripture that when somebody goes hunting, you are taking a risk oftentimes because you may meet what? Wild animals. And then when you have done all of those things, you caught a game. You hunted one and you brought that home. And then out of laziness, carelessness, slothfulness, you decided not to do what? Not to roast it. What do you think will happen to that meat? You mean it will spoil? So that's the reason why we have several people who you will call in a meeting, maybe a very big meeting like this, they will hear the word of God, and you say, come, if you are willing to give your life to Christ, you see them crying, I surrender to Jesus, and then after that, no labor is done over their lives. Please, what happened to them? They will rotten. And you know what rotten is? It's, it means it's better you never preach to them at the first instant, because at that time they are still living. <laughs> but first of all, you hunted them, killed them, and then rather than roast them so that they will now be precious and delicious for your eating, 
you know, good for the master's what? Use. Rather than that, out of your carelessness, such is allowed to, to waste. You know, the process of rusting actually is what we call discipleship. It's what we call what? That's nothing else is discipleship other than that. That you go out for evangelism and then you, you sit down and you are doing what? You are roasting. And then you present that, that soul. It, that soul becomes so precious before the Lord. A sweet smelling savour before him. That, that, that person becomes a vessel that the Lord can lay hold on. Because God cannot lay hold on anybody for use until he is made a disciple. So, the call actually is a call to labor over what? Over souls. Look at Galatians 4.19. We'll read that and then read another one. And then we'll begin to discuss practical matters. Somebody should, okay, is there already? My little children, of whom I travail in what? Again. I'm interested in that again. Until Christ is what? Is formed in you. So, for him to use the word again, it simply means that he had labored before. That's why I said, it takes labor to make a disciple. If you don't understand this, forget it. You cannot make any disciple for Christ. And it takes passion to truly labor. If you are not passionate over soul, you won't take the pain. You see, sometimes you preach to a soul and you think you have actually got somebody. <laughs> when a call comes for the person to truly follow, you see the person, you know, backsliding, withdrawing. What do you do again? Do you cast the person off? Do you do that? No. You see, I remember those days when I came to UNN and actually what brought me it's nothing but uh, discipleship. It was later on that I considered picking a form to study further. But the, the major thing I want to emphasize is my experience, which are the things we are going to be sharing. Though the experience is little, but I think and I believe it will help somebody here in Jesus' name. So those days, what I do is that I wake up in the morning after my quiet time, 8 a.m., I'm out for evangelism. And when I meet him, are you with us? <laughs> Praise the Lord. When I meet somebody to preach, after preaching and presenting Christ to him, I don't leave the person. I say, okay, can I have your contact? The person gives me his contact. I say, okay, can I, can, can I, can you share with me your past life? The essence is because several times people come out to answer altar call and then you gather them for a meeting again. You call for altar call. They come out to answer again. So some people answer altar call up to 10 times. It shows that they don't have assurance of what? Or salvation. So you, you needed to deal with issues like that. And so gradually the person opens up his life. If he's in any ungodly relationship, it must end that day. 
Oftentimes I go to the extent of asking the person to call. Call that boyfriend. Call that your girlfriend. And tell him or her what has happened to you. That you have given the whole of your heart to Jesus and he's all that matters to you right now. And oftentimes, that's how many people gain deliverance. And I say, okay, I'm going to pray a deliverance prayer for you to cast out any demon that is in you. And then after which, so that you will not be empty, I will pray that you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost. And do you know what? Possibly I went to a hostel. I would say, you are going to follow me to Christ Church Chapel. If you know Christ Church Chapel, if you are in UNN, and you know an Injoku hostel, you know trekking it is not here. Are you getting me? And so you just saw a convert and you say, follow me. Immediately he's following you. He's following you. And I take him there. All of these things I told, I, would, I tell the person, all of them will do what? Will all happen. So I will tell the person, that's not enough. There are several things I want to teach you. And I'm not going to take less than two hours in each of the contacts I make, I, make, I make with you. They are all students. So when I say two hours, what do you think will be ringing in the person's heart? Huh? Kai, I want to know what this man wants to do what? Truly teach. So I say, okay, come. Fix a time. He may say eight to ten. I'll be there. It's no longer about me. My own time was inconsequential. I wasn't considering myself because I was just out there for them. So I'll be there 8 a.m. with just one man. And I began to teach. I teach, teach, teach. Sometimes we exceed two hours. And I will just be watching to hear what the person will say. You know, oftentimes, if I've met with ten persons, nine of them will always ask me, when next are we meeting? Are you getting me? When next are we doing what? Are we meeting? And you see, I met with him 8 to 10. I had already feast time. The same day with another person. That I'm going to meet with you 11. So I have one hour break. All of these things I was doing those days with empty stomach. Sometimes I don't eat. Not because I'm fasting, no. But because I had no food to eat. But there was a drive. The drive was coming from the Lord. I want everybody that is coming around me to be made what? A disciple. So what many of us are doing, calling, calling it labor, you know, it's a matter, and I think we should revisit that. When you say Calvary Way Revival Labors, don't just read and pass. Read, especially that place that says Revival what? <laughs> it is indeed a labor. A labor. I remember one day, sorry, daddy asked me to be practical. Uh, so I'm just, I'm a man under authority. Let me do what I'm asked to do. <laughs> Praise God. I remember one of those days, there's a place they call Abuja Building, if you are in UNN. I was with a brother teaching him that same two hours thing. As I was teaching him, suddenly I began to hear some noise upstairs. I was like, what's this? I now asked the brother to wait for me. Let me trace what? 
the noise. It was actually an ungodly noise. It was a lady and a guy caressing themselves, romancing each other. So I got up there. I saw them. I don't know what to do. Suddenly, I said, hey, do you know that there is hell? They looked at me like this. I said, yes. I started preaching from that point. But because the gospel we preach is not the gospel of condemnation, but that of love, you know? Uh-huh. I needed to bring them to, to knowing that God really loved love what? Love them. Eventually, I led them to Christ, the two of them. And I thought I had one souls. Listen, you are saying here. I said, say the sinner's prayer. They say, Lord Jesus, come into me. They say all of that. I said, what is your name? The guy told me his name. I, told, I asked the lady, what's your name? She told me her name. As I was coming down, they started laughing. I said, this is demonic. When you think you have actually, so that's what I'm saying, say labor. Are you getting it? <laughs> it is what? It is a labor. They started laughing. Hi. I became angry. <laughs> but you know that anger pushed me into doing something wonderful. Because they had already told me their names. The men Lebanon started on my what? I said, Lord, because they have laughed at me, you must save this soul every night. I will call their name. And I called them by name. After calling them by name, I say, Lord, today I'm going out. Bring them my way. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I went out. Just about some steps. It was the lady. <laughs> I saw her. She recognized me. And I called her by her name. She said, ah, you remember me? I said, yes, follow me. What did I say? And she turned around and started following me. And we went to a place. I sat her down. I started talking to her. That was when she now gave. (laughs) I thought she gave her life to Christ initially. Are you getting it? Not knowing that they deceived me. But this time around, she was crying. And then invited her for discipleship and she started coming. It is what? labor. And if you do not have passion for soul, you cannot labor. You cannot. I tell you the truth, you cannot. Look at the next passage I want us to read. Hosea chapter 7 verse 8. Are you in Hosea chapter 7? Look at verse 8. I think Hosea is after Daniel. Okay. Ephraim, he has missed himself among the people. Ephraim is what, please? A cake, not torn. Some translation will say it's half-baked. Half-baked Christians. Any translation that says so? Which translation says half-baked? It's the same anyway. It's like saying you, you put a cake. I don't know how to do cake, but if it is, okay, yeah, if it's unturned, it simply means that only one, one part eh, is done. Is that not correct? The other part is what? Undone. That's what happened to 
you know, lives that are not discipled. When you do this hit and run kind of evangelism, what do I call it? Hit and run. What do you end up producing? Half big Christians. You end up producing half big Christians. And that's why we have to labor. You must not call it a name. If you are passionate, you always bring out time. I remember that, you know, as I'm feasting time with people, I even feast night, 8 to 10 p.m. Provided that time, you'll be available. Are you getting me? I'll be there with you, in your house, teaching you. And then when next I say, come, you see the person doing what? Following. I pray God helps us in the name of Jesus Christ. May we not be like Ephraim that is himself have baked because you cannot give what you do not what? How committed are you here? When we say come for training, remember that even though you are willing to preach, for you to produce the required result, you must be trained. It takes that training for you to be qualified to labor alongside with the Lord Jesus. When we called for MLDT training, few of you came. It's not a matter. You don't want to be trained. How would you be of relevance to the kingdom? You don't want to submit to be discipled. You are even not serious with discipleship. You come this week. You won't come the next. Excuse me. Are we practicing this Bible at all? How many of us have taken time to study the book of Acts? Because I see men that are completely taken by the Lord. Just a convert giving his life to Christ today, today. He's ready to die for the gospel. He's ready to preach the gospel. He's ready to share the news to others so that other people will be saved. They, are, they were excited doing it. But today, what has happened to us? You have excuse. Please, because we must be practical and we have to be classified in this meeting. How many of us are businessmen and women here? Can I see your hand, please? You are doing business? Please raise it. I'm begging you. Thank you very much. How many of us are civil servants here? Civil servants. How many of us are students here? Some did not raise their hand in any of these categories. So tell me where you fall into. Brother. Huh? Student. Okay, good. So that you will understand the available strategy that you need, either as a businessman, as a civil servant, as a student, if you have this understanding, that will guide you. Praise God. There is a man I know as a businessman in the Bible. His name is Abraham. What is his name? What is his business? Animal husbandry. Yes. That's his business. 
Can I show you something about that man that I love so much? In Genesis chapter 12, look at verse 5. And Abraham took Sarai his wife and Lord his brother's son and all their substance that they had gathered. And what please? I want you to underline that. And the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of where? And into the land of Canaan. They came. That's a man, a businessman. You know, his father was the person who started the journey. When he woke up, he said, I am going to Canaan. But when he got to Haran, he did what? He stopped there. Abraham was there. But then Abraham had encountered the God of glory. He had encountered God. And knew the passion of God, the heartbeat of God. So while he was in Haran, doing his business, he was at the same time doing what, please? Winning soul. Do you know what he was using to win soul in those days? Money. Somebody say money. He buys slave. Those days they do trade uh, slave what? Slave trade. So the reason why he was doing his business is to eventually get souls for who? So as he gains his profit, he's calculating how much he will use to do what? To buy a soul. And you know one thing about the Bible says that there's, you cannot even buy a what? A soul. You can't buy. But that's beyond what we're talking about. We're talking about the passion of a businessman. That despite how he became great, I don't think any of us here is as rich as Abraham was then. Anybody like that here? Huh? You know he's like, you should be measuring him with Ali Kodangote. Yes. Take your time to study the Bible. You'll discover that, that man was extremely rich. Yet, his passion for soul never shifted one bit. He was buying souls. And so, that's not the, 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 the end. They were headed to where? To Canaan. You know, the, the type of it is heaven. What is the type of it? That having one soul, you are ensuring that as they start up, where do you bring them to, please? You bring them to heaven. You have not labored over a soul until you have labored to a point where the person is prepared to do what? To make heaven. So he eventually brought them to Canaan. He was not distracted. The more the idea, and you know, I also think that if Abraham is asking God for blessing or whatsoever, that it is with that mindset, Lord, there are yet several land to be conquered. Please, I need money. How many of us pray such kind of prayer? How many pray such kind of prayer? Lord, I want blessing. 
Why do you want it? <laughs> okay, that's, that's you, sir. But there are people here. The reason why they are asking God to bless them is because they want to buy land at independent layout. For what? For themselves. Hosea chapter 10. Read it. Verse 1. Hosea 10, 1. Israel is an empty vine. He bringeth forth fruit unto what? <laughs> Why is he bringing fruit, please? Is it for the Lord? Unto himself. According to the multitude of his fruit, he had increased what? The altars. According to the goodness of his land, they have made goodly images. Idols. As the Lord blesses him, he's thinking of how to expand. How to do this. How to do that. And you know what the Lord called him? He said, he is not like, he's not like an empty vine. He is what already? So we have several empty Christians here. With all the sounds your wealth is making, what is it before heaven? Empty. Empty noise. Empty. With all the money you have gathered before heaven, it is empty. If what you are gathering is not targeted toward winning souls, it is empty. So this man, as a businessman, was passionate about souls. I'm studying Abraham today. Look at Genesis. Chapter 15. Verse 14. And also that nation whom they shall serve. Are you reading Genesis chapter 14? Sorry. Chapter 14, verse 14. Genesis chapter 14, verse 14. And when Abraham heard that his brother was taken captive, what did he do, please? He armed his trained servant, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto that. That is discipleship. He provided a platform, having bought them. They were not just there to help him, you know, take care of his, of his animals. Are you getting it? He provided a platform where they receive training. And they were so trained that they were fit for battle. That when an announcement was made, a rescue mission, rescue mission, rescue mission. You know some of us, when they say rescue mission, what do you start doing? Huh? <laughs> you start preparing. Rescue mission, rescue mission. These men were mobilized because they were already ready. They went conquered. But look at the interest as we read further. Um, 
Look at verse 17. And the king of Sodom, verse 17, the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Chidolama and of the kings that were with him and at the valley of Shave, which is the king's dale. Go on. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth fruit and, and all that. Now, look at verse 21. Verse 21. And the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, Give me what? The persons. And take what? Uh, let's stop here. <laughs> I checked my footnote, my Bible footnote. Eh? In the place of person, what it is written here is souls. So can you remove that person and put souls there? Can we read it together? And the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, Give me what? The souls. And take the goose to thyself. That's a costly bargain. Many of us have chosen goose. And that's what the enemy is presenting. Especially in a time like this wherein our economy is collapsing on daily basis. Somebody will come and say, it is Yahoo Plus. You are there. You are no longer thinking about soul. You have to at least feed yourself before you go out to do what? No. What can you give in an exchange? For what? We need to know the worth of a soul. Did Abraham accept this offer, please? You know what saved him? What saved him was that there was an interception by Melchizedek. That was what saved him. Melchizedek revealed an aspect of God to him. He said, God bless Abraham, the possessor of what? In other words, what God was saying is this. Thank you. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of the most high God. What? Of heaven. So he had revelation of Jehovah. The one who owns the heaven. And the one who owns the earth. What can a man give to measure up to what God will give you? Huh? So, just at a moment, he turned down the offer. He turned it down. And, you know, as I was thinking, I realized that those goods were actually marked for destruction. Eventually, Sodom was what? Was destroyed. Whatsoever you acquire here on earth is marked for what? The only thing you will acquire here on earth and it will be registered in your account in heaven is the number of souls that you have won. If there's any prayer to pray in this meeting or cry is that God should give us what? Passion. Passions for soul. So that's why I call it poverty alleviating strategy. What do I call it? Just get somebody who has a need and meet it. He will follow you wherever. Imagine somebody has not eaten today and you offered him food. 
and you, after doing that, you are concerned about his welfare. I was told of that the Chukocha, the man who came for our CLDR, that he has supermarket. That's a man of God. Supermarket and then a boutique. You know what he does? What he does is to take young men and women into his house, feeding them. But you must be working in those places. And at the end of a month, he pays you and asks you to save it. You must save it because you are not feeding yourself. Are you getting it? You are saving it. You are saving it. When it is time for you to register for work, you would have saved enough money to do what? To register for yourself. And then that's how many of them were trained to the university level. I know one now. She's either in 300 level right now. Yes. <laughs> oh, God will help us. We must rush now. 300 level. Three, through this same process of trying to help us. Now, if you tell the person to follow Jesus, will it be an easy thing? Very easy. Very easy. The same thing David did. Men that followed him, the Bible says, were men who had given up on hope. David. And eventually, at the end of it all, we can talk about the mighty men of David. Get a need. Meet it as a businessman. What? If, if you are passionate, God will give you wisdom. That's the truth. If you are passionate, you see God giving you wisdom. On how to go about winning souls. See how you can meet the needs of people around you. Everything. You must not gain in everything. Now, do you think that man is gaining in such kind of uh, strategy? He is. One side, a soul is saved. Somebody that would have possibly committed suicide is saved. Possibly going to a, a life is saved. And on second run, he doesn't need to employ people that needed a higher kind of pay. Are you getting it? His shop is booming and somebody's need is met at the same time. What are you doing with your money? You see, I discovered that the promises of God, the only promise of God in the scripture, I checked it, that has an open ticket, open check, is that which is tied to soul. In John 15 verse 16, can we read it? God, I see Jesus presenting an open check. An open check. He said, Ye have not chosen me, but have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should do what? When that has happened, what happened? What is whatsoever, please? That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may do what? So the reason why we even lack often time is that we are not passionate about these things. See God giving you an open check. You say write anything you want to write. But on a condition. What is it? That when you have won a soul, the soul must do what? Must remain. Through the process of discipleship. How passionate are you? I'm talking to businessmen. What about civil servants? It is still the same Poverty alleviation. Think of it. There was a man like that, Levi. He had 
co-workers, publicans. He invited Jesus. What he did was to throw a party, right? He hosted Jesus. We call, We used to do it together. But can you organize your own? Sometimes, just personally. I know of a sister who invited me at UNN. She just said, I have birthday. I, I, didn't, I didn't tell them that you'll be, you'll be coming to preach. So when I came there, I, I didn't go with my Bible. <laughs> I'm telling you. I didn't go with my Bible yet. A what? A preacher. So they just brought the food. As they were about sharing, they saw, she now said, please, uh, I have a brother here. He want to pray and then talk to us. I started talking. <laughs> you can do that to your co-workers. Are you getting it? Organize something. Meet people and say, let's start a prayer. Just a prayer. It may, you may not gather crowd. One, two, three persons. In your working place, that place you are working. Gather them. Just two, three persons. It may be early hours before the work time. Or as soon as you are coming, just register, come. Let's just, you may even say 20 minutes prayer. And you, have, you would have dropped something. And as you are doing that, doing that, you wouldn't know the one, one of the levels that God will now decide to bless. As students, there are several strategies. You can organize for tutorial. Among your colleagues, I did that a lot. And as we want to start, the first thing at least we'll do is let us pray. Let us what? We'll pray. I don't preach. I teach what I want to teach them about chemistry. After that, I go. But something is happening. With time, some of them will begin to meet. They, will be, they began to meet me. These are my problems. These are my problems. And then you are providing solutions to their needs. Wherever you are, the whole thing we are saying is this. You are inexcusable if you're a believer and you're not preaching the gospel. Rise on your feet and cry unto the Lord. Time is not on our side. But if there's any cry to cry this moment, is that the Lord should give you passion for souls. We do not have passion. That's the generation we have found ourselves. We are pursuing several things. Look at an open end, an open ticket, I mean a check that Jesus gave to you. He said, write any amount there, write it. Write it. You want healing, why do you want healing? To use it to do your business for yourself? Or so that you'll, you will win soul? Why do you need healing? Why? Why do you need that job? Is it so that it will become a platform for the gospel? Or so that you will be an empty vine like Ephraim? Producing fruit for yourself. Can you pray and say, Lord, give me passion for souls. Talk to him. You are here. You have not given your life to Jesus. For you to be qualified, to be enlisted among the laborers, the first thing to do is to surrender your life to Jesus. That's the first thing to do. In Allah, 
can you not hear Kumbedish? Set our hearts on fire. Set our hearts on fire. On fire for you. On fire for you, Lord. Paraha. Esi Kabalate. I want to make a call. Please come over. You want to commit yourself to this. You are saying, Lord, enlist me among your laborers. Please come forward fast. We don't have all the time. We want to pray together. Come very fast. 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 Please, if you are coming, come fast. Come fast. Huneli kabasinda labakai. Robo bo 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 Please cry, cry, cry unto God. Say, Lord, send me forth from here. Send me forth from here. Send me forth from here. 
Send me forth from here. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we come before you. We ask, O oh Lord, if you needed laborers, here are we. Enlist us among your laborers. Some of us need training. Help us to submit ourselves to be trained as disciples in the name of Jesus. Release your passion in our hearts. Release your fire in our hearts. As we sleep, may we think about souls. As we are walking, may we think about souls. As we are driving, may we think about souls. As we are selling, may we think souls. Lord, we will not change this passion for any offer that the devil will offer. We reject every satanic offer that will make us cold as touching this matter. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you because you have heard us. Jesus name we pray. Thank you for listening. We trust you are blessed by God's word. This message and many more can be downloaded from our website www.calvaryonline.org For testimonies, counseling and prayers, you can send an email to calvaryrevivalibos at gmail.com or call 080-6560-7999 You could also follow us on all our social media platforms at Calvary Revival Labels.